0: Welcome to the Do Loss Youth Podcast. We hope this encourages and empowers you to be connected to God and one another. Thanks for joining us today, enjoy the message.
1: Welcome back to the Digging Deeper Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us today. It's a big day for us. Not only is Jessica Trujillo back with us. Hey. We're glad you're here. I think you might be our, our most listened to podcast so far. Really? So maybe we'll <laughs> maybe we'll do that again today. Um, but also, this is episode 12. So mm-hmm. kind of a big day. 12 is a big number, biblically, number of God's people. So we're excited about that today. We're excited about our text to go through what Brian talked about on Sunday. But before we get into that, Jess, let's let people get to know you a little bit more. Okay. All right? So... At this point, currently, right now, what is your favorite thing to do? Like, are you still, hey, I'm just staying at home, or have you ventured out a little bit? Like, are you oh, are you getting out and eating at a restaurant, or what, what's that look like <laughs> for you? What's let your put, favorite thing?
0: Let me put these things out there. <laughs> um, I have eaten at a restaurant. I went to Cane Rosso, if you've never been there. Mm-hmm. Great pizza place. Got one in one? Fort Worth. Oh,
1: I can't say the name of it. Oh. The honey, the hot. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, that I realize that really has a good. bad name, but mm-hmm. it's a very good pizza.
0: Yes. Um, I did go there the other night, and that was really good. But right now, my favorite thing to do, this is so, Johnny and Nick make fun of me for this, but I really like watercoloring right now.
1: Watercolors? Yes. Like painting. Like
0: painting. Yeah. I've gotten into painting. And um, I started getting into it when I had my foot surgery, like, because I was yeah. home, I was in quarantine myself back <laughs> then. And so now that we're back... I love doing that, so yeah.
1: All right, Do you just do them for yourself, or do you actually like? I give, usually, I'm not give them like, to people. I or? give them
0: to people, nice. but only people like
1: that have appreciate. to say
0: yeah. like, "Oh, I love it," you know, because <laughs> <laughs> because I'm not actually like this talented painter. Yeah. But
1: you're not at the point of like having an art gallery yet.
0: No Etsy here, no.
1: but someday, someday maybe. it's coming. Maybe, <laughs> maybe in the youth building in the in the retail shop, we can the, have a little corner <laughs> hey. for paintings by Jess. I'm
0: gonna hold you to that. Really? Well, I
1: said maybe. I didn't didn't guarantee it, but hey, maybe y'all can vote or comment on here and tell us if you want to see some of these paintings by Jess. All right, so Brian talked on Sunday. He really keyed in on one verse. I want to start there with us as we dig into this text and go a little deeper. Uh, Ephesians 5.21, that we're called to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And the way I love that Brian put it is he talked about you know, when we have a high view of Christ, when we have reverence for Christ, Mm. it causes us to have a high view of other people. Hmm. And I think when we talk about our relationships, and that's really where we're going to go today, kind of through the rest of this passage, there's a lot of times that in our relationships, we want to lift up ourselves and put other people down. And so what I think so crucial and why everything has to flow from Ephesians 5.21 is that when you and I, all of us, when we lift Jesus up, when we focus on Him, Mm -hmm. it gives us the right perspective. Uh, It makes us think like Philippians chapter 2, and I know we've quoted that a lot on this podcast, but it's that idea that we do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility, consider others better than ourselves. And it's not that you're putting yourself down. That's not the point of humility. It's not humiliating to me. It's Humility is I'm not thinking about myself. I'm thinking about Jesus. And by thinking about Jesus, I naturally will go, I want to serve other people, and I want to do this. So let's go through this a little bit. I know you're excited about the first section most of all, (laughs) wives and husbands, okay? So... The way that Paul talks about it, he gives two commands. He says, wives need to submit to their husbands uh, in the Lord. And then husbands love their wives as Christ loves the, loves the church. I want to shift yeah. that a little bit because the, most of our audience isn't married. Yeah. Okay. Now, someday you will be, and that'll be really good. Um, but I read a book a while back called Love and Respect, and it comes from this. And so instead of using the word submit, it was talking about respect and how a man's greatest need is to have the support of his wife and to feel respected by her. Like there's something in a man's DNA that when, when someone shows respect to him, it builds him up and yeah. all that. And then on the other side, a, a, a woman her greatest need is to be loved and we have no greater example than what yeah. Paul talks about here Christ loving the church laying down his life for her those things and that that's what a man's supposed to do so let's not talk marriage okay let's talk dating let's talk relationships for just a just a moment as we get into this and where i want to go is biblically kind of the roles of guys versus the roles of girls um, and and how that that all plays out. So I know our culture has kind of shifted to where girls can initiate more than like traditionally they do. But what do you think? Do you think it's the girl's job to pursue or do you think it's kind of the The man's job to pursue and to go after you know and to initiate a relationship with a girl how does how does that work out for you because you know you're still in the dating game um just letting y'all know um (laughs) not any of you teenagers but you know any of you that are listening in your 20s We've got a good one right here okay. that you're gonna have to come and, and interview and I'll let you know if you can ask her on a date <laughs> anyways I know I'm just <laughs> totally kidding but what do you think about that in in culture yeah. today I know it can go both ways yeah but do you think that there's a biblical precedent or do you think that God has designed us in certain ways how's that work for you yeah
0: um man I think that it can be such a messy thing because yeah. there's not in the Bible a ton about like courting or you know mm-hmm. that even that word it didn't exist. Is like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just like you're gonna get married to this person because yeah. your dad said and then whatever yeah. you know. Um, so I think that is hard, and if you are like confused about that, rightfully so, I think. Yeah. But. Um, I think it is in what we do know at a basic level is that it is supposed to be a representation of God and the church. And so God being the man um, that pursues his bride, the church. And so in seeing that, you know, you know that in our relationship with God, he pursues you. And so I think that at a really simple basic can help you um, just in that way that God pursues you. And um, I, I mean, in my personal experience, I don't. I think that. It's just different for, like, everyone has a different thing that I feel like consumes their mind. And for me, that just isn't it. So yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I have a ton of, um, like, wise advice for for that. But I don't know.
1: No, I think that's good. But I, I know that there's times, especially for someone who who's a girl maybe and has never had a guy pursuer. Like yeah. Never, feels like, well, no guy's like me. Yeah. Or... I'm on, the, I'm on the outside. And so they start to have a bunch of self-image problems sure. naturally because of that. And they think, you know, it's because I'm too ugly or I'm not funny like the other girls or maybe I'm not willing to do stuff. Yeah. I'm, too, I'm too modest, I'm too pure, sure. all those sort of things. And so these thoughts get in especially girls' minds where they, they start to question why they've chosen cer- mm. certain things. And mm. what would you say to someone who, you know, maybe... They haven't seen interest from a guy before, yeah. or the only interest they saw was some sleaze ball sure. that was DMing them or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, what would you say?
0: You know, it's funny because I actually just, I don't know who I was telling. I think I was telling Crystal, who's someone who works on staff here, yeah. and um, she was explaining to me, like, her relationship. She's known her husband since she was in eighth grade. Good grade. They've been together, nice. you know, forever. And um, <clears throat> we were just talking through some things, and I think that something that I'm always going to be so grateful for is that the first person and the first concept that I had of love was with Jesus. Yeah. And that's like the first person that I feel like I've ever mm-hmm. like fallen in love with. And I think that if you're in a place and it's just like, it's the best thing. I'm so grateful because it really is a privilege to have yeah. that be the first um, thing in your life because then it's not like you're full when, when you have yeah. that. You're not seeking for anything else. And, um, I think if you're in a place where you're single, you're in high school and you're looking for that, that where you're going to find the ultimate satisfaction, the everything you need is in God. And I know that is something that maybe if you go to church a lot, you've heard that a lot, yeah. but I just, there's a person God isn't just this like floating presence, mm-hmm. you know, that's really ambiguous and far away. God is with you on your way to class. And yeah. when you're sitting in math class and you're super lonely or, you know, after school and you don't have anything to do, you're super bored, whatever, whatever it is. Um, and even in those moments where you feel like God would never show up here if, if you're in a bad place, he's with you all the time. And I just think that, um, I don't know, that you have kind of a cool opportunity to lean into that and find that love there and everything else will come. Like everything that you need will come. But when you have that, it leaves you in a really good position to not be seeking for things. What earlier you were saying about relationships of, um, you know, we try to put other people down You, we can often try and get things from people that we never, God never intended for us to get from them and then it sucks all the joy out of it and I think in dating we can often do that we're like I need you to validate me and we Mm -hmm. would never say it out loud but in our actions in our interactions it's like can you tell me I'm beautiful tell me that you love me tell me that I'm needed whatever it is but God really does a a good job (laughs) is a bad way of saying it but he meets all of those things so I
1: think that's really good and it's for guys and girls but I, th- I think especially just traditionally, and, you know, don't get mad at me for saying it. It's just really the way it is. God God designed mm-hmm. men and women different. Yeah. And naturally, women need this pursuit, this, um, this attention, this uh, affection, all these sort of things. And when you're looking for that outside of Christ, a lot of times you're going to try to turn someone else mm-hmm. into your Savior. Yeah. And so… Uh, you know, I was talking about it. Um, there's a book called "Gods at War" where uh, Kyle Adelman talks about this, and he talks about when we try to make relationships our God, like our idol, mm-hmm. and so really Jesus is the one who completes me, but I'm trying to use this relationship to mm-hmm. complete me. I'm trying to do those things. So there's a lot of good, good truth there. Uh, let's talk about it from a guy's uh, perspective just for a minute. When, when. Guys are trying to find a girl. And let's, let's just assume they've got all the be- best interests, right? Sure. Like they're trying to do the right thing. Um, there's a girl that they see at church or whatever. They know she's a Christian. Man, I want to pursue her. I want to do these things right. Um, from a girl's perspective to a guy, what is the right way to try to initiate a a relationship or to let a, a girl feel like I'm not trying to be Jesus. Mm. I'm trying to come alongside. I'm trying to help you grow in your relationship, all those sort of things. How do you, how do you date the right way? I guess is the question. Right. Yeah.
0: Oh man. (laughs) Mm. I think uh, something that like just a simple thing that's really helpful is just being straightforward and honest and not trying to like, be cool (laughs) or just sly or something just like you know being um straightforward with someone and i think that
1: you don't like pickup lines
0: no not typically oh man (laughs) Um, so it's just if you like i don't know i think sometimes i always well that's not going to come out right but (laughs) when if i'm turning someone down i'll always be straight and honest and i can appreciate that that takes courage to do something like that so i think that Just being straightforward and honest and not being super discouraged that, you know, this person is a no. And I think honoring when people say no is also awesome.
1: (laughs) I I will tell you one of the the worst experiences of my dating life. Uh, I was a senior in college. It was before Lindley and I started dating. And okay. I was liking this girl. I won't say her name just in case. Like, we're still Facebook friends and stuff, but she knows this story really well. Okay. But we'd started hanging out, and I was like, okay, she she digs me. I dig yeah. her. And so we start uh, talking. And this is – I'm going to date myself. But this is 2004, <laughs> and texting wasn't, like, something that everybody had. Only okay. Sprint customers or, or only uh, – I think at that time it was called Singular, but AT&T, they were the only ones that had free texting. I had Sprint, so I had to pay for every text I sent. She had Singular, so she liked to text, so I'm like, I I gotta text. (laughs) So I'm like having to explain to my parents, like, what are all these text messages? (laughs) Well, there's this girl, all this. And so we go with some friends uh, one weekend and just hung out and and did a lot of stuff. And I mean, I thought, we're really hitting it off, it's great, (laughs) and I'll never forget uh, we went back to her apartment with other people. We weren't alone. But we walk out on the, on the back porch, and she's like, Matt, I think we need to have a conversation. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm down. Like, Although she was like, I just want to be really upfront with you. Yeah. Like, Yeah. I don't see us as more than friends, and I never will. And I mean, I was just sitting there like, I'd never had a girl been that direct. Yeah. (laughs) And I was thankful for it. But I told her, I said, hey, so just so you know, like the way I deal with stuff like this is I'm going to make jokes about it a lot. So like, I hope you can get over me. Because I know this was really hard for you, but and so I started joking (laughs) around with her and had fun. And we're still friends. But like it was one of those things when you said be direct, do all those things. I was thankful for it, but I was super embarrassed at the time when we were having that conversation, like, well dang, I thought I was I thought I was doing everything right and then here we were. I know.
0: And and I think being quick about things too. Like don't because it is It is like just dragging people along is not fun either. But then you also don't want to like assume someone's like, I actually didn't think that. It's just being nice. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's that's exciting. All right. So hopefully that's helpful for uh, people that are trying to date. Uh, I do think that it's wise for us just to mention like those of you that are in relationships or maybe you're getting ready to start one, anything like that. um, Let's talk just a little bit about like boundaries that are important to set up to make sure to honor God. That's the point of this, is like when we're talking about to sub- submitting one another out of reverence for Christ, I know that Paul's talking wives and husbands, and mm-hmm. so there's not like a purity thing yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, but when you're talking about a dating relationship that honors God, because mm-hmm. that's what all of us should want, um, What are what are just some Guidelines you would say about pursuing purity, honoring God with your relationships. Yeah. What are some quick, easy tips that people can put into practice?
0: I think a first thing is making sure you're on the same page. Um, if you're dating someone who doesn't have the same beliefs as you, and or maybe they're like, "Yeah, I'm a Christian. I I go to summer camp and sometimes Sundays." You know, it's. I think if at the starting line determining that will help you the whole way through yeah. and just same thing being super upfront that that's easy for me to say because that's naturally a little bit more my personality but if it's really hard for you it's still worth it to have yeah. those awkward conversations be like i just want to let you know right now yeah. and say those things out loud i'm not willing to do this i we're yeah. not going to do this yeah. and um because it's not like you're not unaware of it you, yeah. you <laughs> you are especially if you're in high school you know that and um so just making sure you're on the same page is one thing that i would think um and then not setting yourself up for failure i remember you saying that a lot in high yeah. school just being just like okay we're not going to go to your house alone because yeah. your parents aren't there oh no it's fine we're just gonna no you're not just going to watch a movie and you no. know that and that is like you know just setting yourself up up for better things. Yeah. And um, and I think you'll be really grateful that you did, maybe not in that moment, but that's part of honoring one another yeah. and respecting one another. And it's just like valuing someone so much that you're not willing to do something just be in a moment, in yeah. a fleeting moment. So yeah.
1: That's really good. All right, so hopefully that's helpful for you guys. I wanna to step to the next one. Uh, talking about children and parents. I know this is one that not everybody's going to want to hear. Yeah. But what i got to tell you, this is actually a really cool passage because what Paul says, you can read it with us if you want, Ephesians 6, verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. And then he quotes it from Exodus chapter 20. He says, That it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So there's a couple parts here that I think are really important. First, he says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I don't know about you, Jess, <laughs> but like I know that for me, when someone just tells me I ought to be doing something because it's the right thing to do, like yeah. Matt, eat your vegetables because it's the right <laughs> thing to do. Or, you know, when you go to the dentist and they're like giving you the speech Start on blessing. how you should floss, yeah. you know, you're like you ought to be doing this and all that. A lot of times our motivation doesn't just come from, well, it's the right thing to do, so I should do it, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. Um, So I love that's why Paul quotes this, and he says, this is the first commandment with a promise. And when you read through those list of commandments in Exodus chapter 20, it really is true. Yeah. Like as soon as we get to this one, now God says, if you do this, it's going to go well with you, um, and you're going to live long which is what all of us want, right? We want to live the abundant life. Yeah. Like we want to live long. We want to do this. But it says it's because you got to honor or obey your parents. So you still still live at home, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I know that those things can be a struggle. I'm sure that your relationship has changed drastically sure. from where it is now to where it was when you were a teenager yeah. and living at home in high school. Um, but... Why, why now on the other side, done with college and do that, why do you look back and go, man, it really is important to honor and obey your parents?
0: Yeah. I totally get that. If you're the person who's like, I'm not like, if you tell me to do something, I want to do the
1: opposite. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I could not relate anymore. I don't, it's just like the rebellion. (laughs) Don't
1: touch wet paint. Yeah. Guess what you're going to do. I'm touching it.
0: Yeah. and in high school, I, I wouldn't say that, that I was good at that. I just, um, but I also feel like I didn't get saved till later. So mm-hmm. um, it's one of those things where I think when it's like, <clears throat> when someone, maybe like a teacher, tells you this is right, it's just it feels like rules. But when God tells you it's right, it's because it's what's best for you. Oh. And so it puts a different thing. He's not just telling you, I want you to follow these rules because I'm the boss. Like, he knows what's best for you. And so... Um, in honoring your parents, I think one of the things that can be conflicting at times is like, well, I don't agree with what my parents are telling me. Like, even if it's not something huge, but I think you can also, um, honor, honor your parents in a way that it's not. So I want to say this, right. It's not just like, I'm doing everything you're saying just because you're telling me to do it. I, I, I distinctly remember the moment that like one of the first moments where like I obeyed my parents and it was it was um, I, w- I wanted to go to Australia when I had graduated mm. and they like looked me in the eyes and they were like, you do not have our blessing after I had done like all this work to prepare for it. And I was like, I am just old enough to listen to you mm. like and to not I want to do this so bad, but I know that like listening to you will be worth it right now. And it was I mean. School was one of the most transforming like years of my life and it was great. Um, but I think as I've gone along and had different moments of honoring my parents where uh, to be truthful, my family life hasn't always been the most beautiful thing. It's something I've prayed and done a lot of work on myself and it's part of why I feel like I'm home right now. Yeah. Um, in doing, like if my parents are arguing or someone's yelling, my instinct used to be to run away like upstairs or get my car and leave and have these moments where I'm like, God, I know that peace is not something that comes from external circumstances. So right now where I would want to have anxiety come up, can you please make peace come down and help me be peace in this room? And uh, I mean, we're not naive enough to know that y'all may not have the best home lives and whatever. And I'm not, it goes through all spans. And there's different things for each circumstance, but I think in moments it looked different to honor my parents of, you know, it wasn't just like, because it's not right for, you know, your dad to yell at your mom, that's not right. And, but there's different things in ways that you can honor them, even praying in a moment or speaking peace, even if sometimes I do run upstairs and pray upstairs and then I hear the noise go down as I'm walking, as I'm upstairs. And so there's different ways I think to do that. If, if you're thinking my parents aren't, yeah, you know.
1: Well, and and like the culture that this is written to, this Eastern mindset is very much an honor-shame culture. And like the worst thing you can do to your family is bring shame upon them. Mm. And so I think of the story of the prodigal son, Um, why that was so powerful to the audience that Jesus was giving this story to was when he told them that the youngest son was taking in his inheritance before the father was dead everyone in the room would have gone <gasps> yeah like you would never do that to your father he's the you know this this thing cuz honor is so important to them and like there are cultures even in our in our country where you know the fam- honor honoring the matriarch or the patriarch is yeah. so it's so, yeah. it's so yeah. important and i know that it's not always that way in, in other circles and in other cultures and, yeah. and, and all that, but what we can all do, you can honor someone, even, it, it doesn't mean, you know, your mom tell, yelling at you to go clean the room, you right. know, go clean your room, go do your homework, whatever, yeah. like, we're dealing with the virtual school challenges right yeah. now. My oldest hates it. Mm. And so, like, uh, he has two teachers, he's got one in the morning, one in the afternoon, and like he struggled so far with his afternoon teacher. Like he, he's not connecting with her, mainly because it's through a computer screen. Yeah. And like there are times when I have to be way more firm than I wanna be with my son and I throw out these threats and all this stuff and I'm sitting here as a parent going, like I hate this. Yeah. I hate even saying this or doing this. But when my son obeys, it's good. But when he honors me, when my son does something that makes me proud, when he does something to, to make the, the family name look good, you know, those yeah. things, there, there is something that happens to you as a, as a father that is just, yeah. you know, and, and I've seen your parents, I know them pretty well. Yeah. Like when I can watch your parents beam mm-hmm. because of you leading worship or you doing something like, just to see how proud mm-hmm. you're, you know, both your parents can get emotional. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, to watch, to watch your parents, you know, in tears when mm-hmm. you're 18 years old and leading worship and doing that whole yeah. thing, like, those are, those are special special moments. And what I would say is, practically talking about this, Uh, I've always tried to teach young people the sooner you can get yourself to the point of realizing your parents aren't trying to get at you like your parents aren't trying to to be just these mean yeah just like to get you yeah authoritative or authoritarian uh, dictators in the household you Mm -hmm. know like when you're a dad you can do that or whatever when you have your own house Um, like that's not the goal for most parents when you can realize that the majority of parents have the best intentions and when they say something to you or when they do something to you, it's coming out of one of two things. It's either they want what's best for you or they're doing it for your protection. Yeah. So like when I have to get to the point of being very firm with my, my son, yeah. it's because I want what's best for him. Yeah, Like I know he needs school. I know he needs these things, and as much as he hates it and all that, it's not because I want to be this, you have to do school, you you know, yeah, Yeah. like that's not what it is. And so when you can, when you can honor your parents by having that mindset of, it's not that they're going to always be right and that they're not going to make mistakes. Mm -hmm. I make mistakes every day with my kids. Like it's one of the biggest issues of my prayer life of help me to do better on these things, Mm -hmm. but when you can change your mindset and realize, just just frame it with that. They're trying to protect me. They want what's best for me. Yeah. And when you can view it like that, it will change your relationship with it. And for most students, this happens when you get to college. Yeah. Right? You have this shift in mindset where you're like, okay, yeah. it's different. Your yeah. relationship with your parents changes. Yeah. Where it's not, they're just telling you all the things you can't do while you're in junior high and high school. It's now... Okay, and you're not their peer, but mm-hmm. you, you know what I'm talking like, about? Yeah. How would you describe that change that happens when you you know you yeah. go through it? I mean, I I'm assuming you went through it, right?
0: For sure. I think also just really quick what you yeah. said of like, you know, they're doing this to protect you or to what was the other one?
1: That they have your best interest yeah. at heart.
0: And I think also to note to that, to the best of their ability. Yeah. What happened for me, I think, was that I saw my dad in specific. Because if you know my mom, I don't think she's ever done anything wrong. <laughs>
1: yeah, like she's the most perfect woman She's ever. the best.
0: <laughs> I know she has her faults. But yeah. my relationship, that tension that we're talking about was way more with my dad. Mm-hmm. I think because we're similar. and um What happened for me when I made that switch, I think, was when I realized that, like, those things are true to the best of their ability. And I think I viewed my dad as I'm like, you're a man, a full-grown man, and you should have this fully figured out by now. Like, why aren't, why don't you know how to do these things way better than you are? Mm. And I think when it, it honestly changed in my prayer life because one of my, um, really close high school best friends. We went to college at the same college, and she had a lot of really, her dad was an alcoholic, and she was mm. going through really hard things, and so we started praying for our dads together, and something, the shift that happened for me was when I distinctly remember this moment with the Lord of being like, your dad needs just as much grace as you do. Yeah, He did, like, I see you as daughter and I see him as son. It's not, there's no like levels of of differentiation. And he, um, like he needs a father just as much as you do. And, um, you know, if you don't know your family's history, that's a really helpful thing to be able to comprehend. Like, did they have a father? And, And I think that was the switch when I started viewing my dad as a son of God versus just my father. It was really helpful because, I was able to pray for him and have grace for him in a different way of oh you don't like you don't outgrow your need for God when you get older and I think sometimes we have that view of like mom why can't you do that dad why don't you understand you just should but people do the best they can to their ability and so especially like just life traumas, different things that have happened. If they don't deal with that, if they don't have the capacity to know how to deal with that, then that affects all the things prior. And so it really switched. I remember the first time my dad asked me, something was happening with um, Josh. And he was like, asked me for advice. And I was like, wow <laughs> like I just I uh, was never I, I always say out of all the kids I give my parents the most trouble which no one believes but I was really bad like <laughs> I just was so defiant yeah. and so I think that moment I remember when he asked me for parenting advice and I was like when did this happen Yeah. so
1: yeah I, we had a we had a guy come and speak one time and he was talking about fathers and their sons it was a men's breakfast and he s talked about the same thing that what we can all say at the end of the day is our dads have tried better than their dads. Mm-hmm. And gosh, that's a hard thing for me to even yeah, say. Yeah. But like we, we do our best mm-hmm. and it's so much different on the father side. It just is. Um, and man, honor your parents, obey them. Because what, what God says, it's gonna go well with you You're going to live long in the land. Like, there's a promise that comes from this. And, like, God gets it. God understands the complications of this relationship between parents and their children. And I do want to say, he doesn't just let parents off. He goes on there. Mm -hmm. He says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Like, it's not okay to have a dad who's just flying off the handle and making everybody in the house angry all the time. Like, he, he doesn't say, oh, you can just do that. But what Paul does, which is really good here, is he goes through, hey, these are these crucial relationships for you. Like. Your your spouse someday or your dating relationships right now, the relationships with your parents, these things are so important. Yeah. Um, the last one he goes through in their culture, they talk about it with bond servants and masters. I want to just go through it a little bit with like just the way that we interact in the workplace. Mm-hmm. A lot of you either you're at your first job or you're thinking about getting a job or you're trying to, you know, have a little side hustle, and so you're selling shoes, you're babysitting, you know, you're yeah. doing all those things, mowing yards, trying to find a way to make some cash as a, as a teenager. Yeah. Um, the Bible is, has some really cool things to say about when we work together or when we work for someone or when someone works for us. Yeah. And the job of a Christian, real simply put, is when you're working for anyone— treat it as if you're working for the Lord. Yeah. Like treat your earthly master, treat your boss as you would treat Jesus. If Jesus is asking these things now, Mm. you might have a boss that sucks. Yeah. And that's asking you to do things that Mm -hmm. are bad and all that. But to the best of your ability, like I like the way that uh, Paul says, it. he says, do everything that you do, do it as if you're working for the Lord for that's who you serve. Mm -hmm. And, um, you work here, yeah. right? You work for uh-huh. you work at the church. Um, <clears throat> perhaps I could be viewed as your boss in some way. I th- that's uh, what I tell people. <laughs> there you go. So, what what advice would you give just about just about work? Yeah, like you've worked here since you were eighteen. Crazy, which is pretty crazy. We hired Jess. Like Right after you graduated or right before you went to college, was it August
0: I had right after I graduated yeah it was like we, I was let in college. You have
1: the, we let you have the summer as a senior, and then yeah. we're like, hey, yeah, you want to lead worship in the children's building yeah. yeah, that was pretty awesome so you've been working for us for a long time now, mm. um, thank you mm. but what what advice would you give because you've you've lived through some of these things, yeah. like just about working and how you how you serve Jesus through serving yeah. your boss, your manager, yeah. anything like that?
0: I think that one thing um, that I've learned a lot is just like the power of having that mindset that you're working for God yeah. and knowing that he is the ultimate person you respond to. So in very different ways, like in holding integrity, that is something that is really easy to do well. It's the mindset is different when you're aware that God is with you again, that he's with you in every moment and that you're responding to him. So in those little decisions, whether it may be like if you work at a place where, um, you know, you're not supposed to take food, but you can take this amount. If you clock in whatever, and then you're like, oh, whatever, everyone else does it. I'm going to do it too. Those little moments of integrity, um, I feel like are the most telling signs of, you know, your capability. Cause I think in those moments, you're like, it's just, you know, fries. Yeah. I'm not like, I would never steal from the store. And so I think those tiny moments are, are integrity is a really good thing to have at the forefront of your mind when you're working and it helps everything else fall into place. And even in the, on your side and on the opposite side too, I think in no, there's in no workplace, I feel like, are you going to agree with everything? Yeah. And, um, one time, uh, this mentor of mine told me, like, if you don't, if you see something that you think is wrong, then talk to the person who's in charge of everything, which is God, like tattletale on them and just (laughs) say, and say, God, do you see what's happening? Like that is the best person to, to report to. If you see something like, God, do you see this and tell him, because it's so easy, um, to just start talking to your coworkers. Well, can you believe this? Like, Our, you know, our manager is the worst or, you know, whatever. And it's like, well, whatever, we're just talking. She is the worst, you know, like <laughs> what it's it. those little things. If you bring those things, you would watch the amount of favor that will come on your life and just different opportunities in your workplace when if you see instead of being like, gosh, I hate so-and-so just taking those things, especially if you do see something that's like genuinely wrong um, talk to the Lord and he will provide ways, opportunities, and times for the right thing to come yeah. about. So
1: that's good. You know, the, the things that I think are really important in are saying, it. it's the, you know, follow like you want to be followed someday. You know, I know when you're young, you start out almost every time in a lower level position, mm-hmm. you get asked to do the things that everybody else doesn't want to do, yeah. you know, all that. And so like, man, do your best. Work is for the Lord. Like do, do these tasks that seem meaningless and pay attention to detail. I remember growing up, my dad used to always tell me that the Cameron way <laughs> was that you work in such a way that no one has to come behind you and, and do your job a second time. You do it right the first time. And, uh, like that's affected me my whole life. I teach it to my boys. I'm yeah. like, Hey, this is the Cameron way. Yeah. And when you can when you can serve that way, it's the same way the Bible's saying it is like you you're working for the Lord. Do everything as if you're working for the Lord. So, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed today. I sure have. Um, this has been good practical stuff as we've just gotten a little bit deeper into yeah. what Paul has to say in Ephesians five and six. And hopefully shared something that was specific to what you're going through. So if you found this helpful, make sure to share it, Um, share it on your social media, share it with a friend, make sure to like and review us. And if you haven't subscribed yet, subscribe, but we love you guys. We'll see you next week.
0: Thank you for joining us today. If you've enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe, share it with your friends, even take a screenshot and share it to your social stories and tag us at Doulos Thanks again for listening. See you soon.